Hey, this is Mike Birbiglia, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, which is one of the better tape recorders. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend, comedian Alex Stone, who's gone from right here in Cincinnati to Chicago to New York and now to Los Angeles. You know, I left New York because I was unhappy with how things were going there, and I just didn't love the city. I felt kind of in a rut, and I just wanted to change, just personally and professionally. We'll hear more from Alex in just a little bit. A great conversation with Alex. Nice update on what he is doing. The song of the week is from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. It is their brand new single, the fourth from the Punishment and Luxury album, and one the fans are really, really buzzing about. So we'll be checking that out at the end of the show. For a dumb bit, I was out of town most of the week. Didn't really have time to get one sorted, but since Alex is on, and I'm such a huge fan of his 2015 album, Hello, his debut album, he's working on another. Well, you'll hear about that in a little bit. But, um, when he was on the show last time, I couldn't decide what track to play from his album because it's also hilarious. Uh, I played a track called Basement. We're going to listen to an, a track now called Mouse, and then we're going to talk to Alex. I think I was just being a baby. I'm afraid of a lot of animals. I've been living in Chicago for the past two years, and I like it there. I've been living in the basement of an apartment building up there because I'm doing uh, pretty good. Just, uh, just crushing it overall is what I'll say I've been doing. I like it up there, but this past summer, I came home to my apartment one day, I opened my door, I flipped on my lights, and I see a mouse run from under my bed into the closet where my furnace is. Now look, guys, I don't freak out. I'm a man. I have seen a mouse before. All right, what I do is I just calmly walk to the store. I buy some glue traps. I bring them home. I set them up in the closet at the base of the door. Okay, now for effect, what I do is I take one single goldfish cracker and I put it in the middle of each glue trap, right? Because according to every cartoon that I have ever seen, mice love cheese. And according to every day of my life, goldfish crackers are the shit, okay? <laughs> but let's fast forward just two days later, okay? I come home that day, I open my door to check on my traps, and I see that one of them is missing. Uh-oh, so I start scanning the floor trying to find it, and I find that it has moved from the front of my closet to the back right corner, and I can see that there's no mouse on that trap. There is also no more goldfish cracker on my trap. All that's left on this trap is a very large patch of mouse hair and skin. Yeah, and that, you guys, is when I fucking freaked out. Um, Because look, that means that I caught this mouse, right? That means that this mouse was lying there in the clutches of death and then just went, no. Not now. And not like this. And then he was just like, hey! Ripped himself right off that sucker. Pretty impressive, because that's a mouse. There is no leverage there. That was all core and willpower this mouse used. Right? 
This mouse just closed his eyes, pictured his family, and then he screamed his wife's name as he tore himself away. He was just like, oh, here we go, Maria! And then he was free to run around my apartment, which is terrifying, because like I said, I'm a man, I'm not afraid of a mouse, but turns out, pretty afraid of some jacked P90X, 127 hours mouse just on the loose in my apartment. My mom was like, you should get a cat. I was like, this is fucking way past cats, mom. I can't get a cat. And then was coming home and finding a murdered cat that has been left out. It was like a message to me. I've seen the wire. I'm not getting a cat. I'm not doing that. My girlfriend, she's got a pet snake. She was like, well, do you want to borrow my snake? And I was like, okay, that's an idea. Hey, I heard you have a problem. Here is a bigger and scarier problem for you to have. Why is everyone's best idea for me to create an ecosystem in my room just... I don't want to get that mouse. The food chain. That ought to catch it, right? Because everyone knows, guys, if you got a mouse, then you want to get a snake. And then you want to get a, a mongoose. And then an eagle. Uh... Then after that, just a larger eagle, I guess. Or a Native American with no hat. I don't know how to get rid of the eagle. But I am working on a plan. I told my friend that story. He was like, I don't know, dude. It sounds like it was probably a rat. I was like, okay, oh wow. A rat, thank you for relaxing me. That's not better. Never best case scenario with rat, right? If it's a rat, I'll move. I'll do that. <laughs> Bare minimum, I'm not going to tell this story to strangers anymore. Because you could tell someone that you have a mouse. They get sympathetic to that, right? They're like, mouse? Dude, that sucks. I have one of those. But if you tell someone that you have a rat, they're just like, all right. I didn't know you were a hoarder. That's disgusting. <laughs> tell you what, why don't you take a shower? Then lose my number. That's what you should do. <laughs> Never again. I don't know why it's worse. Like, why is one thing so much grosser than the next thing? Like, why is one animal so much worse than the next one? But it is. Here's a great example. When I lived here in Ohio, a raccoon got into my apartment, which seems gross. Raccoons don't belong inside. I'm gonna need you to please leave. <laughs> but then, oh snap, month later, what's going on? Trump card, here we go. Possum gets into my apartment, <laughs> which is so much worse than a raccoon. I think what's happening here is that raccoons are actually kind of cute, right? They like tiny little burglars with their faces. Give <laughs> yeah, that guy a hug. Get in here, pal. Get out of here. The possums look like they're going to break into your apartment and then just jerk off on all your stuff. They're disgusting. <laughs> they're so gross. I'd rather have a hundred rats than one pervy gross with their fleshy, grabby dick tails. No, thank you. Why do you have a pocket? Get out of here. You devil. Alex Stone is a stand-up comedian originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, from where this podcast originates. He's gone on to Chicago, New York, and now finds himself in Los Angeles, where he's been doing a little bit of TV writing. But now he's getting back out on the road to do more stand-up for y'all. Here now is our interview with... Alex Stone. Hello? Hey, man, what's up? Hey, how are you? Good. Keeping that 513 area code, good to see. Yeah, still got it. Uh, and is, is it windy in Los Angeles? Are you in Los Angeles, or where are you? 
No, I'm, I'm actually back in Cincinnati, so I'm okay, walking so it, into my car right is, now. It is windy outside, yeah. I was out earlier. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well... I'll be out of, out of the wind in just a second. That's cool. Okay. So did you... All right. Did you drive to Cincinnati from L.A., or...? No, I, I flew. Uh, I had a wedding on Friday. Actually, no. Is it Friday? Saturday. I bought it on Saturday, so I flew in uh, a week early. Okay. Um, and so yeah, I'm just here here hanging out for a little bit. All right, hanging out. Good to good to see. So you had mentioned you were going to be uh, touring again after doing some of your uh, TV work. Uh, what, like, where all are you headed besides here? You I guess you're starting here and then going around the Midwest, or what are you going to? What's the plan? Here is here is actually the end of a little run that I was on. I was just in. Uh, Oregon most recently. Uh, I was in Little Rock. I was down in Georgia before that, and then culminating with this uh, big, big come home week. And then hoping to do more sets in Los Angeles and then start fresh uh, on the new year. Cool. Uh, any plans for a, a follow up to the Hello CD? Yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. Uh, that's on my goal for 2018 is to, you know, get the next hour together and uh, and have that out. Probably, hopefully by fall. Maybe record it early summer next year, and then maybe get it out in the fall. Cool. Uh, I'm pretty sure as we're talking, even though I'm doing this out of order, that before people hear this interview on the podcast, you will they will have heard a bit from Hello because I just, I just love that album, and uh, oh, thanks, yeah. it's one of the few comedy. Sometimes when I'm listening to music, and you know, one of the comedy things comes up, I'll skip it. Some of them would hear music, but if you come on or Tate. Uh, I'll stick around and listen to it because uh, I just I don't know I just I just sync with you guys I guess I don't know what it is. I I like that. I, I, uh, it's quite a compliment to not turn it off. So exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, and I always think about yeah. uh, the one bit we had because we had a little uh, we have we live kind of in the woods here. Our, our development's kind of in the woods, and we had a, a mouse problem. And I was telling my wife about your bit about whether you have a mouse versus whether you have a rat. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll play that. How people treat you. Pretty pretty funny. Um, so uh, when you went from New York to Los Angeles, did you have something lined up in L.A., or did you just go out and say, now it's time to, to try the L.A. scene? You know, I left New York because I was uh, unhappy with how things were going there, and I just didn't love the city. I felt kind of in a rut, and I just wanted to change, just personally and professionally. And uh, as chance would have it, when I you know, alerted a few of my friends that I was moving out there, uh, my friends was like, if you can get here by next week, you can have a job writing on this uh, television show. So I moved my, I got all my stuff in a, in a car in three days and drove across the country and um, started writing right when I got out there. And uh, that led into another writing job. And that's what I was doing for the first six months that I was there. So it just, I didn't have that when the plan was to go, but it kind of reaffirmed that it was the right decision to me oh, that it was yeah. that was the move to make well that's the impression i always get of california is that it's it's if uh if you have a gig you know or, or some gigs or you have some steady work then it's great but if you don't it yeah. can suck <laughs> i think that's uh with anywhere you know it's uh if things are going well where you're at it's easy to be happy uh so i don't, I don't know how much of that is why i like los angeles so much uh but i uh i'm having a good time cool and uh, so was kind of jumping into kind of a TV writing thing a lot different than stand-up, or is it kind of, you know, did kind of the same Alex Stone sensibility just applied to television? 
Uh, you know, all I can bring is my sensibility, so there's still that element to it. But I'd say the biggest difference is that uh, the lack of control that you have. With stand-up, it's all you. You know, you're the decider if something is funny or what. Um, there's no collaboration except with the audience. And uh, even their opinion, you know, doesn't entirely matter most of the time because you just keep doing it. But uh, with TV, you're in a room with, you know, five other people, and then you guys have to all come up with an idea together, and then you take that to another room, and someone says if they like that or not, and then you take that to another room, and hopefully that person likes it, and so on and so forth. So it's, it's you have very little say in what actually ends up. You get the idea, you know, the form of the idea, and uh, creative control in that sense, but past that, you know, you're just a very small cog in a big machine. Quite a process, it sounds like. It is quite a process. So it was an and it was an adjustment. You know, I'm not used to having someone tell me no in the writing process. You know, the no comes on whether or not I get the last. So so, you know, pitch an idea in a room and someone be like, I don't think that's funny it was hard to, you know, accept initially. Because it's like, well no, let's just see if it's funny. That's been my process for over ten years. Is that I think of something, we go and we see if it's funny. But your audience is just one lady or one guy sometimes, so it's it's different that way. It's it's interesting. I I liked it, but it was different. It's interesting because when I wrote for Burbank here, what we did, we would, and this is how old this is, we would fax in our uh, sketches, our bits, and they would oh, get wow. used or they would not, and that was it. I mean, sometimes Rob and uh, Duke would might add something, tweak them a little bit, but for the most part, if Gary liked it or he didn't like it, and that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that about guys who like would write for like Carson's Tonight Show. Uh, they would just mail in their monologue jokes, and they would know if it got on them when they watched the show. Oh yeah, yeah, crazy experience. Yeah. That's how Paul Mercurio started writing for Leno. He ran into him and said, uh, "Leno said, oh yeah, go s- send me some jokes.'" And so he did. And then he like he didn't know until he'd watched the show that night, and it was like, "Oh wow, <laughs> that's so remarkable." Really, it's, it's that's like a fun Hollywood story. It is, yeah. Um, so how did people may or may not have seen this? Uh, we discussed it uh, over Facebook Messenger, the um, the video clip you did for uh, Sci-Fi Live at Comic-Con. You played a, a zombie Uber driver. Did you write the sketch and they said you should play it, or did someone else write it and they said, hey, Alex would be good for this? How did that come about? That's exactly what happened. Is I, I came up with the idea, uh, I got approved, so I wrote out the script. And every time we would pitch it to the network or to anyone else that would come in to see it, I would play the zombie. Uh, and when it came time to cast it, one of the producers was just like, you know, I like the way that Alex does it. Would you want to do it? And uh, I agreed, and it ended up getting on TV. Every moment past them being like, you're the one, I was just waiting for them to bring a real actor. <laughs> uh, but... I made it all the way to to the TV. It was very, it was it was fun. It was really fun. Now, where can people find that? Because I looked on YouTube for it. Because I was going to link to it in the City Beat article, but I couldn't find it. Oh wow, that's it's it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, if you search sci-fi, um, you could probably find it on their YouTube channel. Okay, I probably uh, look hard enough. If you yeah, if you search uh, "zombie ride," I think is what they call it. R Y D. Okay. Ah, okay. Uh, and then Zachary Levi's name, because he's the more famous of the two of us, uh, it should come up. But I'll okay. send it to you uh, on Facebook for sure. Cool. All right, then I'll, I'll, we'll link to it on the Podbean page. And as always, folks listening to this, any other way than through Podbean, which most of you are, uh, go to pfradio.podbean.com, and then you, we will have a page for, the, for this episode and you, with all the links uh, 
for everything regarding this episode. Um, but anyway, uh, what I was going to point out about that, though, is that it, it's really kind of cool to see you doing something like that because you have a, a unique voice, not, not literally, but of course you have a unique comedy voice, and it was kind of cool to see it through that lens of not just being a stand-up, but actually you know, inhabiting kind of a, a, an Alex Stone-like character. Yeah, it's so different from stand-up because it's just, there is no character. And I guess really in that, there wasn't much of a character. It was just me in makeup. Because you're right, it is just my voice uh, through, through a zombie. But it was, other. I mean, it was a dream come true. When I look at it, for, you know, taking a step back now and a couple months removed, you know, I thought of a thing, I wrote a thing, and I got to be in it, and then it got to be on TV. It's really, it's still incredible to me that it happened. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So, uh, real quick, I want I want to ask you. But the, you said you were going to be doing this uh, podcast with Tommy Jonigan. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it, it might be late December. It might we might choose to start it. You know, first of the year, clean slate. Um, it's a podcast going to be called The Local Now with Tommy Jonigan and Alex Jones. Uh, he gets top billing if he's more successful than I am. Uh, but it's going to be us just kind of going over those viral local stories, like the news. It seems is five things nowadays, and they're all bad. And, uh, you know, you just kind of miss a lot of things that are happening on, like, a local kind of viral level. And so it's just kind of be a funny look at all of those stories that uh, didn't make the news, the news that didn't make the news kind of deal. And uh, hopefully people like it, and it'll be a weekly thing, and uh, we're going to try and do, do our best. I don't know if that's a good pitch for it, but I think it'll be good. I think people will really like it. So, like, local stories from uh, around the country? Yeah, yeah, local stories from around the country. Um, kind of those viral stories that you see on Facebook. They're like, what is this? This is weird. Uh, but we're going to try and catch those, you know, before they break and uh, deliver them to the people uh, with our sensibility. Cool. And so, uh, back to the, uh, the, the, the TV bit, do you fancy yourself doing more on-camera stuff, or, uh, or maybe just sticking to the writing, or how do you see that developing? I'd love to stick with the writing. Uh, the acting was fun, and it was cool to see myself up, up there, but the, the process involved was uh, so stressful that I think I'd like to just stay behind the camera and relaxed. And so that's what I'm kind of focusing on now is, is getting stuff ready for next year when everything starts to happen and, and just get back into stand-up now. But in my future, I, I think you'll you'll just see my name on the screen rather than see my face. You see, we are of like mind. When, when called upon, I can perform, but I would rather just write. Although I do perform on the podcast, only because nobody I can't trick anybody into doing anything uh, else on <laughs> it. So. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, it's a little pressure, though. You just kind of get to be by yourself and it's not a bunch of people staring at you. And, uh, That's true. Yeah, and, uh, it, and like stand-up, there's, there's no gatekeeper. It's just me. Exactly, yes. Yeah, and uh, people don't even comment on, on the show. I've gotten like 10 reviews on iTunes, and I think the only bad review is from a, an upset Ted Nugent fan. But, um... <laughs> well, you, you'll get those no matter what you're doing. Exactly. So with the stand-up, um, it, it, uh, what's, what are you talking about uh, these days? Or what are you plan to? Is it kind of still experiences from your life and what you're going through? Is you get more social commentary, or what kind of stuff? You, you, what direction are you going in? Uh, it's still personal stories from my life and kind of that autobiographical storytelling. I leave the commentary and the, the social issues to some other people that I. So it's just uh, more, of, more of the same, but new stories, and I hope that people like them. And so with, with any adventures uh, heading out, because you say you took that big cross-country trip, 
uh, from New York to Los Angeles. Did, did, did anything that inspire any funny stories there? Uh, no fun stories there, uh, other than just that my air conditioner broke down right when I got to Texas, which was right when I needed it, and uh, it's been broken ever since. So I'm trying to humble myself that way. Is you know <laughs> things are going well, but when I get in my car, I sweat bullets. So just keeps me grounded. My goodness. Well, with all that TV money, you should be able to get that that sorted. What? Exactly. Yeah, I have no. There's no excuse for me not getting it fixed. Uh, just being cheap and lazy and uh, just rolling the windows down. There's, you know what? I'll probably go tonight. You've, you've inspired me. I'm going to go out tonight and get it done. There you go. And it probably should be easy because now it's it's cold in Cincinnati. So uh, yeah. it should be probably pretty that's easy. A, that's, that's my air conditioning. It's just buying a plane ticket and flying back to Cincinnati to cool down and then going back to California. <laughs> there you go. So uh, any other uh, projects you have in mind apart from the podcast, or is it going to be the... It sounds like you have a pretty full plate between the stand-up, the podcast, and uh, hopefully some more TV writing. Yeah, so that's been keeping me busy. I'm just trying to put enough time into all of them, but none of them are bad. They'll all probably end up being mediocre because I'm spreading myself uh, a little too thin, but uh, that's that, that's what's taking up my time right now. Well, it's tough, though, because you never want to turn down work, you know? That's why I have five jobs. It's like you never want to say no, but then I, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm like you, I'm like, well... Is something? Are, are these five things suffering because I'm not just concentrating on one of them? Yeah, no, I, I struggle with that all the time. But I think you're right. You just gotta if an opportunity is there, you gotta take it and uh, not worry about what happens. Yeah, and I guess they say you can sleep when you're dead. But I, I heard a researcher on NPR other day saying that's not actually true. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're killing yourself now. So <laughs> well, that's good. That's cheery. <laughs> that's a good note to end. I know, right? <laughs> We're all dying. We're all dying. If we get some more sleep, ironically, we'll, we'll live longer. Well, um, so the website is alexstonecomedy.com. Did I remember that correctly? Yes. Great. That is it. The CD is Hello. You can find it. because uh, uh, well, We want people to buy it. Don't just stream it because Alex will make a couple of pennies and he's got his air conditioning fixed for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I need to go buy, cool down. Go, go buy the CD. Yeah. So uh, is the CD available from your website or can people buy it in iTunes or what? iTunes and Amazon, wherever CDs are available. There you go. Cool. All right, man. Well, good talking to you. We'll try to make it out to the show. And uh, I'm trying to drag my wife out. Uh, Busy time of year, of course, but we'll we'll try to get that sorted. And, uh, yeah. Well, good luck. Glad things are going well for you. Thanks, man. I hope to see you soon. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Alex Stone for being on the show. You can catch Alex in Cincinnati at Go Bananas, his home club, as we say in the biz. That's November 16th through the 19th. And he said he'll be doing a lot of other dates coming up, getting ready to record a new CD, so very exciting. So do look for Alex Stone in your neck of the woods. If uh, you need his website, that's alexstonecomedy.com. We will link to that, as well as the video uh, for the that clip we were talking about from the TV show that he's on. That he actually got to play a zombie that is an Uber driver. It's very hilarious. And I will have a link to that on the Podbean page. So if you were listening to this any other way than through Podbean, which the majority of you are, uh, either through iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or whatnot, uh, go to pfradio.podbean.com and episode 330 will be right there. And I'll have all the links to Alex's uh, website to go bananas if you want to buy tickets if you're, kind of, if you're in the region and can go check them out there. And of course the uh, link to the video. All right. So that brings us to our song of the week. 
And our song of the week, well, OMD has a new single, so you knew it was inevitable that it was going to be song of the week. And I really do like this track a lot. I still think I like the title track better from this album as the best song on the album, uh, although Isotype is good, and this one is very good. The fans are really digging this. Uh, this one is significant because Paul Humphreys, and McCluskey usually sings lead vocals on all of the OMD tracks, but Paul Humphreys is sang on some of the band's bigger hits, uh, Souvenir, Forever Live and Die, Secret, a big fan favorite, and uh, this is his first vocal on a single. He's been usually singing about one or two songs per album uh, since Forever Live and Die was released as a single back in 1986, I believe it was. But anyway, uh, this song is called What Have We Done? It is the new single from OMD. It is our song of the week. It features Paul Humphreys on lead vocals. And again, getting a lot of buzz in the OMD community. I think you're really going to enjoy it as well. This is What Have We Done by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, our song of the week. PF's tape recorder, so long and thanks for listening. Listening.